So last weekend, Jackie and I were over in Spokane for our niece's graduation from high school. It was a great time with Jackie's family, and uh, we're glad to be back, though, and uh, super glad to be with you today to talk about vision. This weekend, as Red said, and next weekend, we're going to be talking about vision, and we do this every June because as a church, our ministry year ends at the end of June, and a brand new year kicks off July 1st. So today we're going to celebrate what God's done this past year in, our, in and through our church. And then we're going to anticipate a little bit about the coming year. All right? So that's where we're going this week and next week. Just sort of stepping back for a minute to reflect on a few things. What has God done in and through you? And what does God want to do in and through you and through our church family? So we're going to celebrate some things today. And we're going to anticipate some things today. And uh, we anticipate this being sort of an historic year for our church. And we come to, at this with a spirit of faith and in a spirit of hope, in the belief that God works all things together for good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Amen? So this past year may have been a fantastic year for you, but on the other hand, it might have been a little up and down or even a very difficult year for you. Some may have experienced some unexpected challenges and obstacles or even problems in life. And so as we gather today, we come together and we put our hope and our trust in God first and foremost. And that's what we want to do as we join hearts today and talk about vision. We're going to set aside some time to rejoice what God's done, but also to unite our hearts around the vision for the coming year. And I want to start with this question, why refresh the vision the answer is because we all need to understand the direction that God has us heading as a church so we can pull together in unison and so we can be effective for God and do the most we can to glorify Him. Listen to how Paul prayed for his friends at the church in Philippi. This is what he prayed for them. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. And that is still a perfect prayer for us today. Because I believe this is God's heart for us as well. That we would agree wholeheartedly with each other, that we would love each other well, and that we would work together with one mind and purpose. That way we can accomplish what God has us here on earth to do for him as a church family. And so we need to review and refresh the vision periodically for a couple of reasons. First of all, some people in our church are new attenders in the past year, and my hope is that this will help you understand the vision for the ministry that God has given us here so that you can be part of it. And some people in our church have been around for a while but have sort of forgotten or the vision's grown maybe a little fuzzy. And my hope is that this reminder of the vision God's given us will help you fully engage in it again. All right, that's where we're headed. But before we get to vision, I want to celebrate a little bit about the last year what God has done here, all right? So, so the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 3. Paul wrote, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. And when I started to understand that verse, it took all kinds of pressure off me as a preacher, as a pastor. Uh, because I began to understand what I probably should have all along, that it's not about what I can do, but it's all about what God can do. 
And so what, when we talk today about the past year, we're not saying, look what we've done as a church. We're, not, we're saying, look at what God in His grace has done in our church family. It's about Him. It isn't a time to pat ourselves on the back. It's a time to give God the glory for His greatness and His goodness to us. We understand it's not about our preaching or our singing or about our programming. God is the only one who can grow things. And the things He accomplishes in our church aren't because of us, they're really in spite of us. It's God's grace working in our midst to accomplish His good plan. And so today we want to humbly thank God for every good thing that He's done and every heart He has transformed. Amen? One more thing to say. Uh, since some people are a little gun-shy sometimes about numbers, I've noticed, I want to remind you one of the things that we saw in the book of Nehemiah is that God likes numbers. We, saw that throughout, we see that throughout the Bible that God likes numbers, but we were recently in Nehemiah chapter 7 a few weeks ago, and I want to remind you of a passage we read there. Remember when the Jews were uh, rebuilding the wall around the city and Nehemiah recounts, he gives an accounting of all the people that had come back from captivity and also who had helped rebuild the walls. And he listed all these people according to families and according to cities they lived in and according to jobs that they did. And then at the end, he gave this very concise summary. He wrote this. The whole assembly together was 42,360 besides their male and female servants, of whom there were 7,337. And they had 245 singers, male and female. Their horses were 736, their mules 245, their camels 435, and their donkeys 6,720. If we would conclude nothing else, I think we would conclude that God likes numbers, clearly. In fact, he likes pretty precise numbers, I think it's safe to say. Now, we don't count animals around here, but we do keep track of some things, some numbers. So I want to give you some today. Okay, these are significant numbers for us as a church. And the first is our average weekend attendance. Talking about the past year, all right? 621 is the first number I want to talk about. That's the average attendance on Saturday night and Sunday morning in this room. 621 in either three or four worship services. The second number is 916. That's also an attendance number. That's how many people, including children and Sunday school classes, gather on this campus each weekend on average, 916. And both of those numbers represent a 3% increase over the previous year. If you were to look at a longer-term view, you'd see that we've grown roughly 63% over the last seven years. So just a few numbers to help understand what God's doing. Here's a few other numbers to view God's work among us. New members over the past year are 42. So we want to welcome our new members and celebrate that. Baptisms over the last two, 42. We celebrate the fact that 42 people stepped into the baptism waters and declared their faith in Jesus Christ. Small groups, 34 this past year, with 14 brand new leaders. That's up from 28 groups the year before. And then salvation decisions this last year, we have seen 35 people that we know of make a public profession of faith in Christ as Savior. So let's give God praise. Let's thank Him. Amen. All in all, we'd have to say God has been very gracious to us this past year. 
what, what a year blessing. So it's been a year largely sort of going deeper, more than growing in numbers, but uh, we praise God for that. And of course, this doesn't even begin to reflect such good things like a record year in Iwana, or and mops, that's right, and, and mops, and re-engage, and Bible studies, and so on. So again, numbers are important, but uh, they don't tell the whole story, and we don't want to really dwell there. We just want to praise God for what he's done. So now I want to switch gears. I want to talk about mission, all right? Because our mission isn't to fill up this room or to fill up our classes or to, you know, it's not about numbers. Our mission is what? Our mission is to make disciples. That's the mission. When a group of soldiers takes off, for example, on a mission, it's clearly defined for them by their commander. Whether it's to destroy an enemy position or to free some hostages or make a, a beachhead, or whatever it is, it's defined by their commander. It, it explains, this is what you're to go accomplish. And scripture defines our mission as followers of Christ in the clearest of terms. And it's to make disciples for Christ. It's a message that permeates the, the New Testament, but it's stated most clearly in Matthew 28, 19, where Jesus said this, Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Every church and every single believer in Christ has the same marching orders. We're to go and make disciples. The task Jesus has called each of us to is to share Jesus Christ with people. And then to help them become devoted followers of Jesus Christ one person at a time. So that they can then do the same to others. Share it. Christ with others. And we call this the Great Commission because it was one of the last commands Jesus gave his disciples before he left the earth. It's recorded in Matthew's Gospel and in Mark's Gospel, but Jesus also spoke uniquely about this mission in the other Gospels in the book of Acts. A commission is a, is a duty, it's an instruction given to someone. For example, when a military officer receives a commission, they're given a job to do and the authority to carry out that new responsibility. And in the same way, Jesus Christ has commissioned us as his children to carry out our duty for him. What's that duty again? Make to make disciples. Amen. Amen. So I recently re was reading uh, David Platt. He's one of my favorite authors. And, and on the subject of discipleship, he says a lot of good things. And he asked this question. He said, if... We're not making disciples. Are we really disciples? Think about that. If we're not making disciples, are we really disciples? Well, you might guess the answer to that question. I think the answer is no, we're not. Because Jesus made it very clear that real disciples make disciples. By definition, that's what a disciple is. Real disciples make disciples. In Matthew 4.19, Jesus said this. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, when someone really commits to following Jesus Christ, they are committing not just to be saved and get to heaven, they're committing to the mission that he's given us. Making disciples. Becoming a fisher of men. All right? And a real disciple is someone, Jesus said, who is willing to deny themselves, to take up their cross daily and follow him. Whatever Jesus says goes. 
And one of the things Jesus says is our mission is to make disciples. Listen, if you aren't doing that, I would conclude that you are not a disciple of Christ. Someone posed this question, sort of like the other one, another way of looking at it. They asked the question, is a shoe factory still a shoe factory if it goes through all the motions of being a shoe factory but doesn't produce any shoes? It's a little complicated, but you get the idea, all right? Again, the answer is no. Luke 14.33, Jesus spoke to what it means to be a disciple, what, what the cost of following him is. And this is what he said. He said, anyone who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Everything, Jesus said. Jesus is saying there's a responsibility and an obligation that comes along with being a follower of his. And it supersedes all other obligations that we have in life. Because being on mission with Christ is first importance. To make, the, to make disciples involves time and energy and resources. Think of Jesus himself. He, he devoted three years to producing disciples who would carry on the mission after he left. And to make something does require time and energy and resources. And I think probably way too many of us are just too busy in our own little worlds to, to dedicate what it takes to the mission Jesus has given us. We need to simplify and focus on our mission. Again, the Bible says real disciples make disciples. Well, let's transition now from theory to practice, all right? Let's consider some of the strategies for making disciples at Lake City. What are some of the ways we go about making disciples? Well, we employ a number of tools or strategies to make disciples as a church family. And they include such things as Legacy Path, which is part of our family equipping ministry. It includes such things as men's accountability groups and women's mentoring groups, Sunday school classes and Bible studies, children's and youth classes and small groups and men's leadership class and re-engage in small groups and so on, just to name a few. So I want to give you two stories, a couple of examples of ways that God is making disciples through you at Lake City. All right? The first story is from our men's leadership class, which is a small group of men that meet every other week during the school year to study the Bible, to memorize scripture, and to grow in our roles as husbands, as fathers, and as spiritual leaders. And we've been teaching these classes over the last 13 years or so. And uh, one of the men in our class this past year is a soldier named Joe Garwack. He's a major in the Army. And Joe and Kristen and their family recently transitioned to Fort Belvoir, Virginia. But the Garwackies were part of our church family over the past year. Here's a picture of them. Joe and Kristen and their family. And this particular day was a big celebration because they adopted Brooklyn and Kennedy, officially became part of their family up at Raymond Hall in Tacoma. And that was a party day. So Joe was one of the champions who faithfully showed up at 6 o'clock every other Thursday morning in spite of a busy career and family life. And here's what he wrote. He said, Lake City has been extremely impactful for Kristen and myself from welcoming us at the family reunion last August to trusting us with leading a small group this past year. The men's leadership class came at a critical point in my life, my military career and family situation. I was humbled to be part of it. 
The level of detail discussed in each class was enough to pray and study over for several weeks. Accountability partners, guest speakers, and trying to guess Jim's blank fill-ins was always something to look forward to. <laughs> the small group allowed for intimate discussion and open communication between our group members. The weekly goal reports kept us all in check. The class gave me the teaching and confidence I needed to be a better husband, father, officer, and overall Christ follower. You know, one of the bittersweet things about being in a church in this context, in a military context, is we get close to people and to families like that, and then we have to say goodbye to them. Uh, but we do that gladly because that's part of God, what God's given us here, and we know that we'll see them again. And by the way, I just want to say men, uh, jot down on your card men's leadership class if you want to find out more about that, or wives, you can sign them up for it right now. <laughs> All right, second story I want to share with you today, all right, is a, a small group story. And I share a small group story because our small groups are a super important part of our discipleship strategy as a church. Many stories of transformation we could pick, pick from. I, Reg picked this one from our 34 small groups and re-engaged groups. And this is the story of Keith Snyder and his wife Jody as they answered God's call to lead their group this past year. During this last year, Keith and Jody made the conscious decision not just to lead their small group, but to provide the best spiritual care and leadership that they could provide. And they credit much of that commitment to the discipleship that they received from their small group coach, Ray Poncho. Thanks, Ray. Keith and Jody also committed to making their group as fun as possible while taking their group members as deep in scripture as they could go. And some of the ways that that was tangibly demonstrated including, this is what they shared with me, they said, caring deeply for one of their members' neighbors at a very trying time in their lives. Secondly, being actively involved in the Cram the Container Project in Young Life as ongoing group missions. Taking on Marlene Etter as their group's adopted missionary. Studying the Bible deeply together. Ministering to a group couple who were dealing with a serious family issue to provide comfort and counsel and encouragement. And finally, they enjoyed some legendary funds, men's, and women's outings together as a group. So uh, Pastor Reg, our small group pastor, says, I appreciate how Keith gives constant attention to discipling his people and multiplying their group. He also mentioned Keith and Jody already possessed uh, many of those traits from their training with the Air Force and other life experiences. They just sort of needed to apply them to their small group context and leadership. So... Very grateful to uh, Keith and Jody and to all of our small group leaders and co-leaders, including you guys, my, my, my leaders. We thank you for uh, your devotion to leading our small groups week after week and to making disciples in that context. Just two examples or two stories that illustrate ways that God uses you to make disciples. And clearly, God uses many different ways and many different things to grow us and develop us as his children. So, next week I hope to share a couple more stories with you as well as uh, sharing with you some brand new 2025 vision goals that we've been working on as a leadership team and we're excited to share with you for the first time next week. We'll wait till next week for that. The last thing I want to do today is talk about some application, all right? Some next steps. I have five of them for you. And the first one is this. I will follow Christ as his disciple. So the question is, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior and as the Master? 
of your life? Are you walking with him intimately by surrendering your will so that you really could call yourself his disciple? Someday, you will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross to redeem you, and you will give an account of your life to him, how you lived it here on earth. I invite you today to take that step and choose to follow Jesus Christ as a fully devoted disciple of his. And of course, one of the things this means, and this is next step two, is that I will be a disciple who makes disciples. That's part of truly being a disciple of Christ, making disciples. Are you seeking that? Are you helping others find Christ and growing spiritually? See, I believe one of the first things that Jesus is going to ask us as Christians when we stand before him on that day is, what did you do with the last thing I gave you to do? What did you do with my commission to make disciples, in other words? It's not the great suggestion, it's the great commission. Remember, real disciples make disciples. And if you aren't doing that, I would challenge you today to make a commitment today to engage in that. Be a disciple who makes disciples, beginning in your own family, I would add. Next step three is I will connect in community at Lake City Community Church. We need to be in community if we stand much of a chance at all of making disciples. We need the support. We need the encouragement. We need the modeling of others farther along than we are. And we also need the support of a community for our own lives. Because at some times, we all are going to need others to help us and encourage us and support us. So I want to challenge you today to choose to get connected with others in our church family for prayer and encouragement and counsel and support. I'm talking about joining a small group or getting into a Bible study or Sunday school class or accountability group or serving together on a ministry team. And if you aren't sure how to connect into any of those, just write on your communication card, get connected, and we will help you. Make sure to give us your contact information and just say, I want to get connected some way. And you'll get a call or an email this week to help you figure that out. But the first step is just simply saying, yes, I'm deciding I need that. I need community. Next step number four is I will invest in the vision of Lake City through my praying, serving, and giving. See, it's one thing to understand the vision for our church. It's another thing altogether to take part in it, to help make it happen. And so I challenge you today to be part of what God is doing here at Lake City. And that means investing in the vision by praying and and serving and giving toward it. And I'd ask you today, are you praying for our ministries and our ministry leaders here? Are you praying for our missionaries all over the world? Are you serving in ministry some way? Are you giving toward the work of the church some way? And if you aren't sure how to do any of those things, again, a note on your communication card and we'll help you figure that out. Like we saw in Nehemiah 3 a few weeks ago, Nehemiah listed all the people who participated in rebuilding the walls and what they did, where they served. And it reminded us that God values our service for him and the sacrifices we make for his kingdom. God values that. That's why he highlights that. Remember, many of the residents did their part, and their names were listed there in that chapter. But there were a few of the people that refused to help, and they were highlighted in that chapter as well because they didn't get involved. And then there were others who went above and beyond the minimum, and they too were singled out and commended for their roles. 
Because God values our service and our sacrifice for him. And I believe he will reward each one on that day. So invest in the vision. In praying and serving and giving. And then finally, I will attend the annual meeting and groundbreaking next Sunday. So next Sunday, right after this service, when we dismiss from here, we're just going to move over to the gym for a, a lunch. It's a lunch we, we provide for you. We have a very brief, abbreviated annual meeting in the gym because then we're going to go out here behind uh, the Bremerton Building and Holt Chapel and we're going to paint off on the ground. We're going to paint off the actual outline of our new worship center and children's education classrooms. We're going to paint that for you. We're going to gather in that place and we're going to, we're going to sing a couple of songs. We're going to pray together and we're going to celebrate what God has done as we turn the first uh, shovel loads of dirt. All right? There's some surprises for you in that. As Red said, we're going to take some pictures. You'll want to be a part of that. So please plan to come be part of that. By the way, we received news from the city of Lakewood late on Friday afternoon that our building permit is approved. So we praise God for that. Amen. Seems like we've been praying for that for a long time, and it took longer than expected. So uh, please come help us celebrate. This is not just for members. It's for everyone who attends Lake City. The lunch is, the meeting is, and the groundbreaking celebration. So please plan to be part of it next, next Sunday. Finally, if you have not yet trusted Christ as your Savior, this is really the place that I want to encourage you to start today. All right? Because the very first step in a relationship with God is to put your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. It's to turn from your sin to say, Jesus, help me uh, overcome that sin, and thank you for dying on the cross to forgive me for that sin. I put my faith in you. See, every one of us is going to stand before Christ at the judgment. And so the question is, are you ready for that day? And if not, if you're not sure that your sins are forgiven, why not make sure today before you leave this room? I'm going to give you a chance to do that as we close in prayer. So would you bow with me, please? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you on this Father's Day 2017 that you are the perfect Father, that you have loved us with an everlasting and unconditional love, and we praise you and thank you for that. God, thank you for your amazing love, and thank you that in love you sacrificed your Son to forgive us our sin, that we might have eternal life forever with you. And I offer this prayer of invitation today for anyone here that would like to receive Christ as Savior today. And friend, if that's you, just silently pray in your heart of hearts and say something like this to God. Say, God, I want your forgiveness and I, I admit that I need it today. And Father, today I turn from my sin. I put my faith in Jesus alone for forgiveness of sin. I understand I can't earn heaven, but I can receive it as a gift by faith in Christ. So I invite him to come in and forgive me today. God, we thank you for that amazing gift. And Father, we thank you for your grace and your blessing on our church this past year. We pray you would receive much praise and glory for all the good things that you've done. And may we bear even more fruit for you in this coming year. Thank you for the answer to prayer about the building permit. God, we pray for our contractor for Merit Construction as they begin mobilizing, that the construction will go smoothly. 
that we will be able with these new facilities to make many more disciples for you and bring honor and glory to your name. And thank you, Father, for the discipleship that's already taking place here in our church. Thank you for the men and women who are faithful to your calling on their lives to make disciples. Please strengthen them. Please keep this vision crystal clear. And please give us an even greater passion to make disciples, beginning with our kids, beginning with our grandchildren. And finally, Lord, I want to pray this prayer over our church family that Paul prayed over the church of Philippi. Father, I pray that we would agree wholeheartedly together as a church family. That we would love one another well. And that we would work together with one mind and one purpose to bring glory to your name as we make disciples. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus and because of his sacrifice for us. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.